0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 76 of the podcast that goes snicked.
0: Snicked, 70, snicked. Sorry, I had to.
1: <laughs> we're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable.
0: What's up, y'all?
1: And we're here in a massive episode to cover all the Wolverine books from February 2014.
0: And when we say massive, I still haven't read all of them.
1: A lot of comics.
0: A lot. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, we're going to skip the foreplay, uh, let this theme song ride out, and get right to it. Four all play?
0: right. We get foreplay?
1: Here we go. <laughs> so first up we have wolverine number
0: two duh there's a lot of duh in this podcast (laughs) this time
1: i guess so this is called bad advice
0: it was bad advice that they kept going with this series
1: (laughs) all right so it's written by paul cornell with pencils by ryan stegman inks by mark morales Colors by David Curiel, Letters by VC's Corey Pettit. Woohoo. And Stegman and Edgar Delgado did the cover. Now, I think we may have hinted it this last time or I may have edited it out. I don't remember.
0: You probably edited it out.
1: But this cover I like a whole a whole lot more than the cover to issue one.
0: Oh yeah. Then there's This is flipping amazing.
1: Then there's this random red spot on Wolverine's head.
0: I think it's supposed to be like they just got into a fight.
1: I thought it was a mistake until I saw it on your iPad, too.
0: Actually, he ran into uh, some guy's graffitiing. It was
1: like he ran into an airbrush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like blood or anything. It, it literally looks like someone... I got this very detailed, cool painting. And it's like, on this one little two-inch section, it's just someone said, hey, let's be abstract.
0: Well, maybe David... What's his name? David Carroll? Well,
1: Delgado did the covers on the cover.
0: Oh. Maybe. Is he left-handed? Is that a left-handed I guess smear? He <laughs> may have
1: done the inks. No, Delgado's an inker, I think. So Stegman may have colored this himself. I'm is not he a sure. lefty? I don't know. Because, you know, left-handed
0: writing. people, <laughs> we, we smear everything. Oh, uh,
1: maybe that's all it is. Yeah. But anyway, it's a close-up of two faces wolverine and the <laughs> superior spider-man grimacing at each other and we have a couple of wolverine's claws sticking up on the bottom and the background is the spider-man's webs
0: and spider-man made sure to put on extra eyeliner
1: oh yeah as part of his mask yeah anyway i love making this cover fun of it <laughs> random abstract ear red earwax aside <laughs> I like this cover quite a bit. I, I would dare say I love this cover.
0: I, I love this cover.
1: Yeah. All right. So remember, uh, Wolverine is being a bad guy for reasons that don't make sense. And he inexplicably shot somebody. And Oops.
0: It accidentally went off.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we found we find him. Oh, so I guess this is bad advice, but it's also Rogue Logan, part 204. Mm. So we find Superior Spider-Man and a nice little nod to what's going on in his book fighting some goblin thugs in the sewer.
0: Does that really say spank?
1: No, spack. It's the sound of the bullet hitting the concrete.
0: Oh. thought someone's getting their spank on. <laughs>
1: no, not yet. So I'm going to say just one thing I noticed... This art looks a lot more like what I expect from Stegman. So I I'm really wondering art. if maybe the first issue, Morales just had to figure out how to ink him. Because I don't think they worked together before until this series. So I'm wondering if maybe there was a little bit of of getting used to his uh, subtleties. Maybe, on, on the or inking it side.
0: may have been a time thing. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But regardless, this, the art, while well, I liked it better in issue one than Denise did, I think we'll both agree this art is much better than issue one.
0: I love this art.
1: I thought issue one was great, and I thought this was the awesome Ryan Stegman I'm used to. And Denise, I think, thought issue one was okay, and that this is really good. Is that fair?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyway, Wolverine shows up in the sewer, and this is uh, oh, this is a flashback. Weeks ago, we learned. And so he's still got his hands bandaged up and he's in his old costume and he jumps out of the sewer and all the thugs are like, what do you think you're going to do? Everyone knows you're killable now. Duh.
0: Yeah, but you have to hit him to actually kill him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but they miss. And Wolverine lets him pay by breaking his nose with his own gun. And that was pretty awesome. Uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man argue and then a guy with a nasty beard gets a gun up to Wolverine's face and Wolverine actually looks scared. And the guy says, Hey guys, I'm the man who killed the Wolverine. But I'm in a monologue,
0: so I actually can't.
1: But I really do like Wolverine's face there.
0: It it is. Like he,
1: he's got a gun up to his face and the first time for the first time ever in his life he looks terrified. And the guy comments and says, Look at him, he's actually scared. Big superhero scared of a man with a gun. Who's got a monologue and actually never shoot him. And he he, like, jams the, the barrel of the gun, squishes his cheeks. Like, he's he's the grandma shooter. Yeah. He's going pinch to his, pinch his cheeks with his gun. But right as he pulls the trigger, Spider-Man tackles him. The guys start to run off. And Spider-Man, of course, taunts them, as he is prone to do. And uh, Wolverine says he wants to talk to Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's like, And then I'm sure that would be a lovely chat, but I'm in the middle of a gang war. And I can win it without the Avengers. See ya. Wolverine's like, hold up. Damn it.
0: <laughs> Spider-Man reminds me of a that hyper friend that's had one too many Red Bulls and cups of coffee.
1: Right, yeah, that's kind of who Spider-Man is. Yeah. Right, so we switch back to now and the offer, who's a guy employing Wolverine. Who
0: can make people it, agree to an anything. An offer you
1: can't refuse. Yeah. Like we said, he's the magic godfather. Have
0: we contemplated whether or not the offer is making Wolverine do this?
1: By all indications, the answer is no. Okay. We've had a little bit of subtext in the actual comic, but then Cornell has gone out of his way to say there's no psychic manipulation. Okay. That it really is. He just makes that good of an offer. Okay. And of course, we still don't know what his offer to Wolverine is. Yeah, we both have had our theories and maybe we'll talk more about that at the end but uh, in reference to wolverine shooting uh the mole he says well this changes everything and wolverine's like no it don't that guy was gonna feed you all to the wolves i couldn't let him and he says i won't kill bystanders okay that's the line well i guess that always was the line but the offer says he's proud, but freaked
0: out and concerned. <laughs> about wow, that's a whole lot of emotion going on right yeah, there.
1: Yeah, the whole gambit. He goes, concerned about a guy who just made a big shift in his principles. Now step into my office. Let's have a word.
0: Let's make sure you're not going to turn on me.
1: So in the office, there's a bulletin board with a little flow chart. Actually, it's connections. This underground
0: It's an it's underground, an underground org, org chart. Yeah.
1: There you go. It's an org chart. But instead of being on a computer, it's on a bulletin board with photographs and pieces of scotch tape.
0: String. Oh, yeah.
1: I guess it is string. It's so how you connect. So we have, um, I recognize Sabretooth. He's in the middle. and oh, then, was
0: that? I thought it was the offer's I dad. thought it was at
1: first, <laughs> too, until we see it down here below. And then we see Green Goblin, and I think Hobgoblin, and um, yeah, what about
0: Kingpin? Is this Kingpin?
1: His ears are awfully pointy. I don't know. I think that's Tombstone on the bottom right below Green Goblin. I don't know who the chick is. That might be Madame Hydra or Electra or maybe Mystique. And the bottom left kind of looks like Spider-Man, which doesn't really make sense. Um, I don't know who the dweeb is next to Sabretooth. Yeah, so I don't know who the skinny Kingpin or the Kingpin with the pointy ears is. It might be the owl, but I don't think he has a shaved head. Anyway, I don't know.
0: They obviously don't have that much information. They just have photos and yeah. string.
1: Yes. And it's obviously, oh, I like <laughs> how the picture of Sabretooth is very photorealistic, but the Green Goblin looks like the offered Drew it himself.
0: He's like, hey, Ethan, I need a picture. <laughs> right, Here's some yeah. paper and crayons. You're
1: a first grader. <laughs> I want a Green Goblin. Anyway, the offer tells Wolverine he didn't have to shoot that guy. Wolverine says, I know. And the offer wants to make sure he didn't feel pressured or cornered or manipulated into doing it. Wolverine's like, nope. I'm just tired of you all having to make allowances for me hanging on to what I used to be. It was a way to show I'm grateful that I'm all in. Okay. Then <laughs> so Wolverine's still very gruff. And the offer's like, very okay, kid. Appreciate it. I think the offer kind of talks like a du- goober. So anyway, Wolverine, interestingly enough, points out that he's cutting down on alcohol.
0: I find that also interesting. because well, he
1: can get drunk now. <laughs> maybe he doesn't like that so much.
0: Or maybe he needs to keep his wits about him.
1: Yeah, not too. I
0: kind of took it as, you know, like undercover cops shouldn't, they don't drink on the job. Right. Kind of took that as he's not drinking so he can be aware oh. of all that goes on.
1: Maybe so. Anyway, uh, the author says that Wolverine's change in character and principles makes things complicated. And he talks about Operation Sabretooth. So apparently we find out that Sabretooth has made a move on the New York underground. I guess having the hand in Japan or wherever he has it. It's not enough. It's not enough. He maybe, wants more. Or maybe he read uh, all the other Marvel comics and said, you know what? There's nine people in charge of the hand. Maybe I should add something else. <laughs>
0: I'm really not in charge anymore. Right. I'm only in charge in the Wolverine book. I'm only in charge of four out of the ten fingers. <laughs> right. In Avengers, Gorgon's
1: in charge. Uh, Mystique is in charge over here. Electra, uh, Kingpin, everybody's in charge. I don't
0: charge. think we have enough fingers and the toes to pass The hand are ninja
1: sluts. <laughs> so I'm going to move to the New York underworld, and I'm going to get everything that the Green Goblin doesn't have. But the offer says, "But I'm still here." So we find out that yeah, he's part—he's a—he's a crime boss.
0: Okay. So as much as I love this art, I hate Wolverine's hair.
1: This—I would still prefer to be a little more.
0: He looks like a Backstreet Boy.
1: Well, I don't see that as much in this one. It just looks.
0: No, yeah. I totally see it. He
1: looks like a wet Guido.
0: Larger than life. <laughs> ding, 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 neat, ding, neat. Ding, ding. Anyway,
1: the Offer basically says he wants to confront Sabretooth and make him an Offer he can't refuse before he starts taking his operations. So we know for sure then that the Offer is a criminal. He's a bad guy. Oh, yeah. And basically, Wolverine says that's why we rescued his ninja as an olive branch. And why you gave me a job, but you realize Sabretooth's going to come hunting for me. He wants me to be at the school, dying and broken Living out my days as a teacher. And so maybe, maybe that's a clue as to what's going on in this book. How so? And he doesn't want to wait for Sabertooth, so he's going to try to do something else. Or he's just trying to do something unexpected.
0: I tend to agree with the trying to do something unexpected. We'll see. Or sort of like, what is it? The enemy of my enemy is my friend.
1: Maybe, yeah. It's definitely possible. So anyway, we uh, we find out that the Offer knows what everybody knows, that Sabretooth is obsessed with Wolverine, Duh. and that he was that basically just knowing and having Wolverine around gives him leverage with Sabretooth. And he says his plan is to join forces and eventually take over Sabretooth's operation.
0: Okay, good so to know. So that's
1: quite a plan. Um, so then we go back to our flashback. We see Wolverine crawling out of the sewer like a ninja turtle. And uh, Spider-Man is fighting some more goblin goons. And uh, he's like, Wolverine again? I told you to leave me alone. Tell the Avengers to leave me alone. And Wolverine says, uh, yeah, I'm on the Avengers bench. and I'm thinking about Quentin. And Spider-Man's like, what? And he kind of loses his edge for a second and gets distracted and almost gets shot. But Wolverine tackles the gunman in a very awesome panel, by the it way. It is very cool. One of many in this book. So the thugs run away again, (laughs) and Spider-Man says, You sound like me, but I was just scared. I've come to terms with who I am. But you have reason to be scared now, being killable and all, but I still want you to leave me alone. (laughs) Because if you think you're going to quit the Avengers and just start a new team with me, you're out of your mind. Teams are for losers. They get in the way. They distract you. Don't let you take care of your own business, your own burdens. Wolverine says, I don't, man, I don't want to be on no team. I want some information. And he says, everyone knows that Green Goblin's taking over the New York Underworld. And Spider-Man's like, I'm glad someone's noticed. Because <laughs> if you're reading my comic, I'm the only one doing anything about it. <laughs> and uh, he basically says, so he must have kind of deal with Sabretooth. So I thought that was interesting. So who's moving in on who?
2: Hmm. I'm not
1: familiar with Sabretooth having a big stronghold in New York whereas Green Goblin kind of always has so but I don't know maybe Wolverine's just playing Spider-Man but I'm not sure anyway Wolverine just wants to know if he's heard anything about Sabretooth in New York or any connection between Sabretooth and Green Goblin (laughs) Spider-Man says that question tires me it really does and Wolverine's like tires he goes, yes, you're annoying. You're going to go off on some stupid revenge mission. Try to be a hero. Get yourself killed. You're an idiot.
0: <laughs> okay, so where... Okay, I love this Spider-Man.
1: You should read Superior Spider-Man right, from issue one on.
0: Spider-Man's so much better than like the little nerdy one that was like, Wolverine, can I, can I, can I play oh, with your yeah. sword?
1: Well, of course, remember, this is Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man's body. He took over his body.
0: What happened to Peter Parker? Well,
1: you thought his consciousness got dispersed, but we found actually Superior Spider-Man is about to end, and Peter Parker is coming back in a couple of months.
0: So, our...
1: Now, he'll still be snarky, but he won't be quite as mean.
0: I like him mean. I do, too.
1: It's been a good run. I'm not quite ready for it to end, to be honest. But that's a conversation for another podcast.
0: yeah. Makes me sad.
1: But Spider-Man does say that he understands Wolverine better than he does. And then he says, I think almost everyone understands you better than you do. Basically saying you're in a huge amount of denial about who you are. It says he needs to quit obsessing over Sabretooth.
0: Hmm. Who hasn't said that?
1: (laughs) Right. But really, for the most part, until very recently, Wolverine's never really obsessed over Sabretooth that much. It's really the other way around. And Wolverine's off finding everybody doing everything, when her saber kind of always come back to find him.
0: I disagree, but okay. I think they both have magnets just attracting to each other. Yeah. It's going to be like in the Harry Potter series. Only one of us can keep going. Right.
1: So then we get something very interesting. We have Kitty at a window at the new Charles Xavier School for Mutants in Alberta, Canada, which is the secret base of the Uncanny X-Men under Cyclops. But a, breeze, huh. a note blows in on the wind. Kitty says, that looks like a very directed breeze, Lockheed. And it's a note from Storm. So, raises a big question. Does Storm know where this base is?
0: Well, it obviously. almost seems like she has to. She can only control the weather. She can't magically tell a piece of paper to go fly. <laughs> right. So if I had to guess, Storm isn't that far away.
1: No, you would think she couldn't be. So that that's very interesting because then is she holding out that information from her teammates? Hmm. So that's that's a very interesting little twist that kind of came out of nowhere. But basically the note set asks Kitty, she says, if you won't talk to us or come back to the school, at least talk to Logan. He needs you. And Cyclops very conveniently walks up and says, what's that? And she crumples it up real fast and says, nothing I want to deal with. And so we go back, Wolverine is being pulled onto the roof by Spider-Man, who tells him not to confront Sabretooth unless he wants to die. Uh, the only way you can change is to completely change your context, your mode of working.
0: And that's when Spider-Man decides to check in on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. He's with uh, Wolverine. He's tweeting. At the top. Of the <laughs> right, right. Top of building with Wolverine. Right. Great views. Having, Hashtag
1: having my coffee. He's got yes. his little thermos. I do really like these panels though. I do too. With the sky and something's going on on a lot of these panels and they kind of fade into white during certain scenes. I think yeah. that's really cool. Um, so basically, though, Spider Man tells Wolverine inadvertently everything Wolverine is about to do. If you really want to change who you are, you got to change everybody you're around, you got to change your disposition. You got to change your job, your work.
0: Hmm. Is this the bad MO. advice?
1: This must be the bad advice. And he goes, Maybe you have a death wish. And Wolverine uh, basically tells the Spider Man that, you know, we all thought you went nuts. You were making big changes, acting different, talking different. People were worried. And Spider Man says, But your senses assure you I'm the same man. And he's like, They do. And he says, So
0: nobody knows that he's Dr. off.
1: A uh, few people do, but one of them got turned into a goblin. and
0: <laughs> So Wolverine thinks he's talking to Peter Parker? Yeah. Oh, so that's why Spider Man says, but of course your senses assure that I am still the same man.
1: Yes. So you all thought, because they ran tests just like to make sure he wasn't a shapeshifter. Because he was often all weird. He like killed a guy and was being really rough on criminals and stuff, and the Avengers are like, whoa, 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 wait a second. But they ran a bunch of scans and, and tests and stuff, and he wasn't an alien, he wasn't a shapeshifter. Uh, didn't look like he was mind-controlled, like from an outside source. So they all decided, okay, well you, we don't know what's going on, but you, you're really Spider-Man, so what acting so weird. <laughs> then, of course, he was able to blame it all on being possessed by Venom. Which is one of the story arcs.
2: Oh. Um. But
1: that was a nice little out for him. Anyway, Wolverine wants to know how this is working for him and says, uh, You're not your friendly neighborhood Spider Man anymore, basically. He makes a joke about a bagel that you really enjoyed.
0: I laughed out loud.
1: Uh, basically, he says that the Spider Man once made him, a guy tried to give him a bagel for saving his store, and, and Spider Man sp- made him pay for it. Nice. <laughs> And so Spider-Man says, so you're, be- you're tired of being a hero. Maybe you want to return to an animal. Wolverine's well, like, no, I would die. <laughs> right, but I am confined with who I'm with. You're right. I need a bunch of new teammates who wouldn't keep looking to me to be something I can't. And he says, what you doing? And he's measuring something with webbing.
0: What is he measuring?
1: I think we find out in the last panel. It says, do continue with your fascinating self-examination. So we go back to now for one page, and Wolverine's getting in bed with
0: Pinch. That's a horrible name.
1: Maybe he's getting in bed to get pinched. (laughs) I don't know. Now he doesn't have his healing factor, so he's like, pinch me. Oh, it leaves a mark. Ooh, do it again. (laughs) And Pinch is worried about him, but he says...
0: No, she's worried about She's dead weight.
1: no. She's worried about Wolverine. Wolverine's worried about being dead weight. Oh. You mixed up your your speech bubbles. Sorry. But he says, no, this is better. I'm not trying. I'm not pretending. I'm finally free from my obligations and my quote unquote honor. I'm glad to be here. I like it here. And then we see go back to the then on the rooftop uh, and Spider-Man tells Wolverine if he hears anything about Sabretooth, he's not going to tell him. He doesn't want to send him on some half brain scheme of revenge. He says, I do have one thing to say to you about about hanging on to one's own self, one's purpose. Rather than falling into self hatred, self harm, death wishes, you just don't fall and he knocks him off the building and Wolverine falls. And I think he was measuring how much web he would need to to catch him.
0: But what is that supposed to teach him?
1: I don't know. We'll have to wait for the next issue.
0: Okay. <laughs> I wish you hadn't told me that snippet because I was all intrigued what was going to happen oh, next time. And I could now be that wrong. you said That's that, just it's it like, like he was oh, he's going to teach him some weird like after-school special life lesson. You could have died, but the web of your friends saved you. So, what'd you think? Until I realized the whole possible bad after-school special moment. <laughs>
1: hey, don't don't judge a book on my theory that hasn't been proven or disproven yet
0: yes and how many theories do you actually get right
1: Uh, i think i'm about 50 50
0: Mm, i think you're a little higher
1: oh maybe i try i mean do you have years and years of comic book reading experience i am kind of a big deal
0: Uh, okay (laughs) moving on
1: all right so anyway i'm still Well, you go first
0: i love the art art is
1: amazing colors
0: are amazing They are. I love the story. I love, quite honestly, I like how stuff with the offer is colored very darkly.
1: Can I just say this, everything about this book should have been issue number one. Yes. (laughs) It's so much better. It is. I'm still not real sold on what Wolverine's doing or why he's doing it. The line about him abandoning his honor and putting it in air quotes really bothered me. That said, it's just a better story. Yes. Whether it's Wolverine or not, uh, I don't know, but it is very interesting. It is and interesting. And the dialogue was super great, especially the the conversation between Wolverine and Spider-Man was really good.
0: It was really good. It was very very um, well scripted and very engaging. It made you laugh, yeah. and you you actually felt like okay, because Wolverine, you know, Spider-Man keeps leaving, and he's like, oh, dude. Right. You know, <laughs>
1: quit following around like a little pest.
0: Yeah. And, and it's funny because Wolverine even says, Well, this is a first. I'm following you around. And so I, I loved the writing. I love the art. I love the colors.
1: You know, you know what I'm kind of realizing? And, and I think we kind of both, to different degrees, agreed on this in the last series. Cornell's dialogue and character so far has been a lot better than his plots. Yeah, and this book, this issue, was a lot less plot and just a lot more dialogue and character building. Yeah, so I think that's part of the reason it was so much better because we're not worried so much about the big story, but about all these conversations, which were really interesting.
0: Well, it, 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 I mean, there was within, action. Yeah, but within the story where there there's dialogue, you are getting little cookies yes, here and there. Yes, you are. And you're able to mentally put things... I I guess this is what I'm discovering about comics. I like comic books where they give you, within the conversation, they give you snippets, and the reader yourself, you know, they make assumptions that the reader is smart enough to put these things together. I don't like the comic books where they're like, here, let me explain... I yeah.
1: So don't read stuff from the 60s and 70s.
0: No, I think every time we do a flashback I want to claw my eyeballs out. <laughs> I like the art, but reading it it just it no. Overall I really like this book.
1: I did too. I was surprised after issue 1 how much I enjoyed issue 2.
0: But I will say after issue 1 and we saw the cover for issue 2, I think we were both more excited about issue 2 because well, yes. of the cover.
1: Yes, but that was as much just because Spider-Man was going to be in it than anything else.
0: I do love the rapport that. Because
1: I know they're on a similar path, I guess, about changing the way they act and stuff. Of course, Spider-Man doing it for completely different reasons.
0: Well, he didn't have a choice. He became a completely different person. But he's
1: literally a different person. And I guess that makes more sense than Wolverine just deciding.
0: (gasps) It's the microverse. (sighs) Shut up.
1: (laughs) So I guess until, I guess I'll have to hold final judgment until we figure out exactly why Wolverine is doing what he's doing. But this issue was well written enough that I'm willing to wait. Whereas last time in issue one, I was a lot less patient because I didn't feel like it was as good of an issue. Okay. Good writing will buy me a lot of patience. or will buy the writer a lot of patience from me. So I do have one one question while we're talking about this. In the back, in the letters pages, and the editor's notes, both the creators talk about each other. And, of course, Cornell says he, he loves seeing waking up to Ryan Stegman every morning. And like, oh, I mean his art. And Stegman says that, uh, firstly jokes about, you know, people complain about Wolverine being in a lot of comics.
0: I read that. I love
1: it. You know why he's in a lot of comics? Because he's freaking awesome. <laughs> and he says uh, that Paul Cornell has nailed Wolverine's voice. What do you think about that? I'm not 100% sure I agree yet. There's too much of this right. I mean, it really depends on where he goes with it. But this doesn't sound like Wolverine to me.
0: No, but you also have to understand these things are rent. They're probably three, maybe four comics ahead.
1: Two or three, probably. Okay. So well, Cornell has probably at least outlined the whole story.
0: Right. So I think he's probably, you he kind of hasn't
1: scripted it. Word for word. Yet. Right.
0: And so I guess obviously they have meetings. These guys all know where this is going. That's true. So and so I think maybe like sitting in an office listening. It, OK, it's kind of like you with the band. You guys can get together and you can jam. It's not a song. It hasn't been recorded. But I know listening to it or listening to the way you talk about it or listening to you tinker on your guitar that it's going to be a kick ass song. So I can see where he's sitting in a meeting and going, yeah, Cornell totally nailed it. Because the ideas and what he's talking about has totally nailed it
1: right, okay, fair enough,
0: I never can take those things too seriously just because we don't know it's coming
1: no, we don't,
0: so save judgment till and, later and
1: honestly right now i w- I will give Cornell this so far, just in these two issues, this series has a lot more mystique to it, no well, not the character mystique <laughs> actual mystique, but is already has me guessing a lot more than I did in the first series.
0: Oh, you mean that horrible microverse series? Yeah,
1: which I didn't know exactly how everything was going to play out, like page per page, but we, we had a pretty good idea where it was going to end. And I literally have no idea where Cornell's going right now. Right, anyway, I would love to know what everybody else thinks about this book. Are you glad that Wolverine's kind of turning over a rotten leaf are you are you mad are you kind of just curious do you think this sounds like wolverine do you think it doesn't sound like wolverine do you think he's possessed he's not possessed well, let me know what you guys think i would love to hear it
0: Sabretooth and wolverine swapped bodies <gasps> oh
1: my goodness that would be so horrible if they just did the alternate version of superior spider-man and so anyway we need to grade this book so wolverine number two what are you going to give it
0: i'll give it five out of six
1: five out of six okay I will also give it 5 out of 6. Like I said, still a little annoyed with some of the things Wolverine has said and done, but this one has me at least wanting to read some more. So I guess, and the art is just too good. Alright, so we both give Wolverine number 2 5 out of 6 claws. Okay, so next up we have Savage Wolverine number 15.
0: Wrath, part 2. Part 2. Part 2. We are in Canada. Part deux. And there is a French guy. Part deux.
1: And his name is Frenchie.
0: Frenchie. That's original.
1: It should be French Fry.
0: Hey, hey, hey. My name is French Fry. Hey, my name is French Fry. And this is part deux. Part deux. I am F to the power of deux. What? French oh, Fry. French fry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, gotcha. This is Wrath Part 2, Story and Art by Richard Eisenhove.
0: Notice he's reading the names.
1: V.C.'s Corey Pettit Woo-hoo! is the letterer. And Richard Eisenhove did the cover. What do you think about this cover?
0: I thought it was the Titanic. <laughs> All right. So we have an <laughs> old meant ocean liner. Which it was going liner. to be a stinker.
1: <laughs> a sinker.
0: A sinker, stinker.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it's It's like a painting, and it's an ocean liner on a very calm ocean. Yes. Very a flat horizon. And we have Wolverine kind of in shadow, rising above the boat. The boat is his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or his (laughs) ding-dong. And reflected in the water below Wolverine is Wolverine in his costume. Kind of coming off in the same as issue 14. Kind of same idea. We have Wolverine in old-timey clothes with his bone claws. And then a hint of things to come and a reflection
0: I'm getting tired of these covers. <laughs> Actually,
1: honestly, i really like this cover if it didn't have that part. Yeah. it reminds me of, like, we just got back from uh, Granbury, Texas. It was we, nice. We did a lot of antique shopping, mostly window shopping. But we, we found a couple of little things to get.
0: Hey, um, that old printer's plate's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. But um, anyway, one of the things we saw a lot of was, like, old advertisement tins and mm-hmm. posters. And this reminds me, I don't know, something about it. Reminds me of like an old commercial. I expect to see like PepsiCo or Coke off to the side.
0: It it actually looks very similar to my Titanic, which is a replica of the poster poster. to sell tickets on the Titanic. Right. So
1: that part about it is really appealing to me. And if we didn't have the shadow costume last issue, and if looking at the next cover, we weren't going to have it again, I might not mind it so much. But yeah, with Denise, I think... Eisenhoff might be overplaying that a little bit.
0: Just a little.
1: Anyway, so last issue in Wrath Part 1, Wolverine is basically a bootlegger, and his bootlegger friend got killed. It's basically like Wolverine in the movie Lawless.
0: Okay, so moving on to the inside. We're taken back to 1920 in a transatlantic ocean liner. Yes. And basically what we're doing is we're discovering the background between Frenchie and the guy beating up.
1: Yes, Marion. Yes. Frenchie and Marion and marion i did think one one thing to point out Marion was called marion by some older guys picking on him because he had a long blonde hair
0: he looked like a girl looked like a girl
1: and then later we find out he actually keeps that name
0: yes um, even though he hated it at first but they meet up on an ocean liner yeah, they one get of into the boys of trouble yeah one of the boys is actually in first class right or an upper class than the other boy, but they basically plot together to kill someone and frame someone else for it, and that's yeah. sort of where their murder plot begins. Right, and
1: uh Frenchy speaks very Frenchy. Lots of oh zee,
0: this is the boat. This is this this. You can call me french pie <laughs> Yeah.
1: So, oh, one thing I I forgot to mention in case you're not reading along in the last issue after Wolverine's friend got killed. Yeah, she, the gangsters took his daughter. So Wolverine is, is out to rescue the daughter of his dead friend.
0: So when Wolverine busts through the door, he sees the two men. Yes, all grown up. All grown up.
1: Frenchie and Marion.
0: And they're with, um, they have the girl that yeah. they took, his friend's daughter. And basically, we kind of get, I guess, the first five seconds before Wolverine bursts through the door. Right, right. And they, they tell her, okay, either You kill this guy or we'll kill you. And so she's got like a wire around the guy's neck. And she's like, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, okay, well, then I'll slit your throat. And so she does. She ends up killing the guy. Yeah, hardcore. And that's when Wolverine busts through the door. And when he busts through, he... It's him, the guy with the claws. And he's got his bone claws out. And he just slashes one guy at the door a fight ensues wolverine ends up slicing marion's face Yeah, they get our
1: our snicked and he cuts marion in the
0: face and it that's a pretty gory yeah yeah it is
1: so Frenchie takes the girl and he's gonna cut her but there's a gunshot and it's the brother
0: Frenchie gets shot in the shoulder yeah they grab the sister and run and then Wolverine's talking to a la- a madam.
1: Yeah, they go to St. Paul, Minnesota, one of the other Twin Cities. And one of his old friends who used to run a
0: whorehouse. Well, she still kind of does.
1: Yeah, she calls them waiters now. So I guess it went from a whorehouse to like a topless bar. Yeah. <laughs> or something I like that. I guess
0: they're not allowed to do things. I'm yeah, not 100% know. sure.
1: But anyway, uh, she basically gets them a, a, a different car so they can trade cars and, and hit the road. All right, so we see Marion, Marion, getting stitched up, and uh, he's obviously mad at Wolverine.
0: And he's got, he says, "I look like a
1: monster."
0: Well, and he, I mean, he's got no eye anymore, and yeah, it's pretty gruesome. And Frenchie just kind of tells him, "You know what? You made it through this, so you're invincible."
1: Frenchie doesn't talk like that.
0: No, but then he talks about he said, Houdini. You
1: made it through these, Now you are invincible. You
0: are like Houdini. Houdini. They have a fetish with Houdini, by the way. Oh, yeah.
1: All right, so Wolverine and the kids uh, basically end up in a transient camp. Wolverine, in South Dakota. An, yeah. We got
0: Mount Rushmore going on.
1: Yeah, Wolverine being an expert hunter finds a deer. And all the transients are like,
0: whoa, meat. Can we have some? Yeah, Whatever's yeah. left over?
1: <laughs> and so Wolverine shares. And then his kindness is repaid with betrayal. So we see uh, Frenchie and Miriam beat up the, uh, the madam, get some information. They actually end up killing her. But they find the title to the new car. So I guess they send out crooked cops and everything. Right. They eventually find the car in the camp and the crooked cop. They
0: find the brother first because the brother went off to get medicine.
1: Right. And so everyone's like, oh, yeah, we know the guy with the claws.
0: Yeah.
1: He fed us and saved us from starvation. Here, let's turn him over.
0: Here. This is the guy you're looking for. You got more deer?
1: So then, of course, Wolverine says, fine, I'll go with you. But the kid stays. And the sheriff's like, I don't, that's fine. We only want to kill you. But then he says, but I'm bringing the girl. So I guess he feels like he can protect her better for some reason. Maybe he's worried she'll get raped at the camp or something. I don't know.
0: Possibly. Or he may feel like if he leaves the girl with the brother, the brother will feel like everybody's after her. Like he won't know what to do. Uh, I don't know.
1: Like he'll be too, he'll bow up too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So what do you think of the art? Eh. Yeah, that was good. Not great. I'm realizing I'm just not digging this style. Right. And it's nothing against the artist. It's just not... I don't gravitate towards it.
1: Yeah. No, this whole story doesn't... It's it's all right.
0: Crickets. (laughs) It's okay.
1: It's all right. Yeah, it's... I didn't really care about Frenchie and Marion's background. I feel like, I don't know. I am like Wolverine can fit in this kind of story. Like, I don't mind stories from the past. And I was actually when I first read about it, like, oh, yeah, Wolverine bootleg and stuff. That could be pretty cool, but it just hasn't been
0: just all hasn't that interesting. It just not that cool factor. It's, it's not like, captivating. No. In fact, I could care less if Marion and Frenchie go after Wolverine. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like Wolverine's going to kick your ass. There's nothing special about you that's going right. to have yeah, an ace no, in your pocket. I guess
1: there's no real threat except for to everybody around Wolverine. So if you're really worried about the kids we met last issue, then yeah, you're worried about them. But I don't know, even though we had little paragraphs about all their names and how they're all related, didn't really get attached to them, so I don't really care what happens to them as characters.
0: Yeah, I, so, I didn't either, and I, I don't know why. I don't
1: feel Wolverine is actually threatened. There's just not a whole lot of suspense to the issue.
0: Well, Wolverine doesn't seem scared. It's like, we're going to trade this right. car and drive, and we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, so. All right, cool. Anything else you want
0: to say about this one? Nope.
1: All right, what do you want to rate Savage Wolverine number 15?
0: Two out of six.
1: All right, we're going to be the same. Two out of six. Moving cool. on. Moving on. Okay, so next up we have...
0: Origin. Duh. <laughs> this is seriously the podcast of deux.
1: <laughs> origin D, part 3 issue three issue three I I'm give up that's horrible
0: issue trois on deux trois
1: trois <laughs>
0: no not trois <twat.
1: laughs> deux and trois we, we have some in here <laughs> we'll get to that later
0: En deux trois Quatorze can says to set this sweet enough then
1: All right, quit showing off for our Canadian listeners. All right, then we have Origin Book 2, Issue 3.
0: And it is written by Kieran Gillen.
1: Sounds good, Kieran Gillen.
0: Artist Adam Kubert.
1: You say all these guys that are He-Man characters. (laughs) Kieran Kubert.
0: I want to make sure I pronounce them right so I don't get banished from ever pronouncing them again.
1: Frank Martin color artist he sees Joe Caramania is
0: the letterer
1: and uh Hubert and Martin do the cover. I like this cover
0: I was wondering what all the weird veiny colored things I think were there coming are
1: wires up. to represent the wire he gets electrocuted by, but I also think it's an Easter egg for longtime fans because it looks. This whole panel, or cover, I mean, is very reminiscent of a lot of the artwork by Barry Windsor Smith during the Weapon X series. And we'll get there.
0: Over my head.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I thought this cover was pretty cool. Basically, all right, so it's Wolverine in like a animal cart, like a circus cart with bars on it, like a cage on wheels.
0: And it says the savage. The savage. Underneath.
1: And just to prove the point, he's drooling.
0: And he's wearing a loincloth.
1: Yes. All right. So, so far from this point, remember Wolverine was living with the animals and got captured by Sabretooth and the circus. And now he's a freak show. Okay. okay go on.
0: <laughs> so we start off with a big, beautiful panel of Wolverine grimacing. Looking
1: like Braveheart.
0: He does. Okay, so I had in my notes.
1: Actually, it looks like Hubert modeled off of Mel Gibson.
0: No, I seriously have in my notes, is this Mel Gibson? or And then on other pages I have, is this Russell Crowe?
1: <laughs> you have to point that out. I didn't I, catch that. I yeah. definitely caught the Mel Gibson.
0: But there's a little speech bubble coming off to the side. So someone's off panel talking to him that says, please talk to me. You
1: got to say, just right off the bat. I mean, it's a great
0: opening panel. Yeah,
1: we can we can talk about what he who he what celebrity he does or doesn't look like, but the art in this book is fantastic.
0: <laughs> it is. So we find out it's, and I forgot Cl- Clara. Clara. Yeah. yeah, Clara's talking to him, and she just says, "You know what they're doing to you? It's not right. If you were an animal, it's still not right. But I know you're a man." And so, what are you afraid of? Yep. And we get a little
1: um, flashback of Wolverine accidentally killing his best friend, first love Rose.
0: And then we also get a panel of the bear, or the, the wolves.
1: wolves, in a pile of blood.
0: And she gets very frustrated with him because he won't say anything to her. Right.
1: Now I will say right up front, we'll, we'll talk more about it at the end. But this, to me, just shows more strength to Claire's character. Yeah. I'm digging I'm digging her as a character.
0: Oh, I love her. So, Clara basically says, this can't go on. Yeah, you're strong as hell, but they're shocking you every damn night to pop his claws. And so... Let's do
1: a dramatic reading here. Okay. So, you be Clara, I'll be Wolverine.
0: <laughs> okay. This all stops if you talk. What they're doing. To you, it's not... <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. Take two. This all stops if you talk. What they're doing to you isn't right. If you were an animal, it still wouldn't be right. I know animals. I know men. And whatever you are, you're a man.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> bow, tickle, bow, bow, So what are you afraid of? Not a word. Great. You're really not helping. This can't go on. Yeah, you're strong as hell, but they're shocking you every damn night to make you pop those claws. Do you actually want to die?
1: Please? Grr, snick, snick. Zzz, ah. <laughs> and then saber tooth comes in. Clara you're a damn fool Dramatic reading over And scene Oh So Sabretooth is shocking Wolverine Uh, Basically he's got a wire tied up to his chains I guess And so Sabretooth gets on to Clara For being such a bleeding heart liberal (laughs) No for having too soft of a heart too good of a nature
0: but she's got a point that they've all gone through this which tells me at some point clara and Sabretooth were all part of the circus side or
1: at least saber was for sure yeah she says with all you've gone through i thought you'd be kinder and he's like well now you know better
0: with his double horned goatee
1: yeah and dude, wolverine's eyes are really bloodshot of course he did just get shocked yeah but i also thought it was cool because he looks mad
0: he does look mad and, and Sambertooth
1: says, you know what, I see him in that cage, and I'm just glad it's him and not me.
0: So then we go to center ring. We have a really cool panel where the viewer is behind Wolverine. Yeah,
1: he's almost like in a crucifix position.
0: Yeah, and we see there's a bear in a tutu, and that is flashing him back to the bear that killed his wolf pack.
1: Yeah, but I notice, like, if you look at his face, get, this bear reminds him of the polar bear. But instead of getting mad, he always just has empathy for the bear in the circus. Like instead of having this bad memory and be like, "Oh, I hate bears. I want to kill the bear," like he's just he looks at the bear and the the bear looks real sad. He's looking down with his muzzle, and Wolverine's looking at him. He just looks really sa- like that whole scene just really sad.
0: I'm wondering if he's having like um, humor
1: drew sadness. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm wondering if instead of looking at the bear and getting mad, he's getting. S- sad because he's realizing every instead of being mad at what he lost he's sad over what he lost or he's starting to put things together because in the panel just below that he's looking back he's thinking back to the wolf so i'm wondering if he's just things are starting that little shock saber gave him starting to put things together
1: well yeah that or i mean he's definitely i mean there's a lot of flashback panels through this whole book yeah so Anyway, Sabretooth and the circus handler, they want Wolverine to put on a show to act like the animal. Or he, don't. Right. <laughs> but he doesn't. So they shock him and then his claws come out and he screams and writhes around in pain. And we notice that Essex, future Mr. Sinister, is in the crowd.
0: So Essex, after the show, goes back to the ringmaster's um, wagon. I guess that's what you'd call it. Yeah. His mobile home. <laughs>
1: his mobile home.
0: And of course, he kind of his gypsy wagon. His gypsy wagon. And of course, he he interrupts a fight between the ringmaster and Clara. And uh, Hugo, by the way. Hugo, that's right. Yeah. And so, of course, Essex is like, "Pardon me, I couldn't help but over here. If money is an issue, I will gladly pay for the beast." And of course, Clara gets all up in arms and says, "You know." Well, yeah, he
1: says that because Hugo says the only reason our circus is making money is because of the savage. Right. Like, he's the main draw, so he can't let him go.
0: So Essex leaves, but as he's leaving, Wolverine... Sees him. Yeah.
1: And very interestingly, like, puts it together. Yeah. That the bear was... from. I don't know how he knows. Maybe... He, I wonder if he recognizes the scent.
0: Possibly.
1: Like we, they don't say, but I mean, he, he sees Essex, and he flashes back to killing the polar bear after the polar bear killed the cubs.
0: I wondered how he put it together as well, but smelling the bear probably makes a whole lot of sense.
1: Right. Or having smelt Essex on the bear and then now smelling Essex.
0: So we switch over to... It's
1: right the next day, probably.
0: Yeah. What would you call this? The back tent? It's not a back room.
1: It's uh, it's a storage area, I guess. It's where all the cages are. Excuse me.
0: So Sabretooth has fallen asleep and is having a bad dream. So he's drunk. he's drunk. Uh, uh, uh. Creed wakes up screaming no. And then, of course, he notices Wolverine staring at him. Right. So he, he initially gets defensive. Don't
2: look at me. Right. Don't you dare.
1: We've seen kind of the insecure bully complex. Yeah. And how so, he directs that back at Logan.
0: This was the first panel that I thought Wolverine looked like Russell Crowe.
1: Okay. <laughs> I can... He
0: doesn't see it, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, I don't see it. So Creed goes on his monologue about how Wolverine doesn't know anything about him. He doesn't know what he's been through. Hugo treated him like an animal, like property. So now we're getting a glimpse, I guess, of Sabretooth's life before this. Right. And he's like, first chance I got, I got out of my cage. No one's ever going to put me in one again.
1: You think it's Hugo? The he? Ooh, good question.
0: Well, so that would explain why when Creed walked into the... Bar saloon, whatever you want to call it, um, he got
1: nervous around Essex.
0: Yeah, and he cowered down, tried to hide his face. He didn't want Essex to see who he was.
1: Right. All right. So has but Essex has seen him, right, or has he not? Have we not had any panel where they've had direct contact?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: And when you do see Creed, he's got his cap pulled down almost past his eyes. Right. So it, he may be trying to disguise himself.
1: Maybe. We will not find out later, I guess. But basically, what you were getting around to is he says, he won't ever go in a cage again, except half the time when I close my eyes, I'm back in there. The cage up here. And he points at his noggin.
0: And so he gets very upset. And he says, stop looking. And he calls him Runt. Stop looking, yeah. Runt. So stop it. You want another shocker? Like, he's, he's just about to break. Clara busts in. She goes, Go back to our car right now, which is hilarious. Go back to our car.
1: Where they're sweeping, probably.
0: In the car? They don't have they're, a wagon?
1: Probably, uh, I don't know. Maybe like a railroad car. I don't know.
0: So then I ha- we have a very confusing moment, at least for me, where Clara goes up to Wolverine and she says, he breaks my heart, and you do too. And she reaches her hand into the cage, and Wolverine actually like clasps it. Yeah,
1: I wasn't really sure what was going on there.
0: Yeah, so then, uh oh, some press has been released that. Well, first,
1: but we oh. see some more insight into Claire's kind of possible tender? animal type power, or definitely her tender heart. Yeah, Remember, we were wondering if she might have a, an ability to like, and like a mutant ability to soothe creatures or whatever. Right. And so we maybe get where some of that comes from. But she feels very badly for both Saber or for Creed and Logan.
0: So I'm assuming this is the next day because Hugo is in his pajamas, looks (laughs) like, Um, and he's reading the morning paper and eating his croissant with his coffee, and uh,
1: that—that's if you want the English word a croissant.
0: (laughs) Croissant, and he gets really, really upset.
1: All the papers about how Logan is a hoax, and then.
0: Funny enough, here comes Essex knocking on the door. He has a proposition for Hugo. Basically, he says, I understand that, you know, you're in a predicament because the press says your main attraction is a hoax. And I want to do an experiment in my lab. So this is the best of both worlds. You get to Uh, prove he's not a hoax. And and I I get get my data. Yeah. So Hugo agrees to it as long as he comes and his men. Now, Clara sees this all going down. She didn't look too happy. No. I really, as, as tender-hearted as we get of moments of her, I really don't want to meet her in a dark alley. <laughs> so we go to Essex's lab, and of course, uh, Hugo's kind of making fun of it, and I thought, oh, was the showman. It's
1: very steampunk looking.
0: Yes. So Essex says, you know, I need to recreate certain things, and I can only do it in my lab, and he goes... I know he's hardy. He was exposed to my gas when I was hunting and survived. Humans can't do that. And Essex puts on a gas mask, but funny, <laughs> he only has one. Yeah,
1: so he gases everybody.
0: So um, looks
1: at, looks at his little sinister watch. I like his, the gas mask reflection in the watch face.
0: Yeah. So I'm guessing Hugo and his boys are all dead now.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're goners.
0: Because it even looks like it ate some of the flesh off of Wolverine. Yes,
1: it did. I I do like the scene of the gas being sucked up through the fans in the ceiling. Yes. That's a very cool scene.
0: It is. Hugo picks up a weird looking exacto blade. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: That is not exacto number 11.
1: No. He's going to cut into Wolverine.
0: He is. We flash back to the carnival. Clara comes running up to Creed and basically is saying, you know, Hugo and some men took the the wolf man. So we've got to basically go get him.
1: Right, they took him to Essex.
0: And so, Creed kind of, no way am I, I'm not an idiot, I'm not falling for this, blah, blah, blah.
1: He he accuses Clara of falling for Logan.
0: Yes. And so she basically says, please, the magic word.
1: First she promises him that she'll never leave him, that she'll always love him.
0: So, then we get a very creepy shot.
1: All right, so this is a feminist test, right? So, since I see a bunch of disease vaginas, I'm a feminist. Is that how it works? And the Georgia O'Keeffe Maya Angelou test? Oh. <laughs> I
0: don't know. These are very phallic looking. Vaginal. Mm, some of them are kind of phallic.
1: Oh, I see then you're a uh what's what's the a, a Melvinist?
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Anyway, we see that Essex is cutting into Wolverine, and he's very fascinated about yeah. how Wolverine's bone, it looks like he broke it.
1: Bone, tendon, muscle, skin, all of it <laughs> healing right up. Yeah. He calls it a Prometheus.
0: Um, and he's... he finds it promising, <laughs> fascinating, promising, and wonderful. And he says
1: something that have Miss Shelley delighting in prose. Of course, uh, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein.
0: Yes. Then he tells Wolverine he's surprised he survived, and his experience. Yes, I'm
1: surprised he survived the dissection. In my experience, it's universally fatal.
0: Okay, so I have a small issue with this top panel. Was
1: well, it just the perspective, or
0: um, some of it's the perspective? And I don't know how this is done. I don't know if it's true ink and paper or if it's done in the computer. But instead of looking like blood running down his apron, it looks like it's polka dotted.
1: (laughs) It is very, um, patterned.
0: And the blood on Wolverine and like the table, you can see a very distinct circular pattern.
1: Yeah. That's just the way you penciled it probably.
0: I guess so. It, it, it was odd to me and it just, I felt like that was distracting.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice.
0: Oh. (sighs) So basically Essex kind of goes on his monologue trip of how to anyone else this would be a mortal wound, but you're more than a man. Uh, What does it feel like to be the first of a better species?
1: Yeah, so I do notice that that Essex is dancing around not using the M word, mutant. So I wonder if he hasn't really discovered like the concept of mutant yet.
0: I don't think they so... What is this? 18 something... Mm -hmm. so I don't think
1: so in Marvel lore our first mutant is Apocalypse from the Egyptian period
0: okay but do they call him a mutant
1: Uh, I don't remember they call him that back then I don't think
0: because I could see back then then you don't know it's a genetic mutation so it's just ooh, he's more than a man
1: right right
0: so I think I like the fact that he's not calling him a mutant because they don't really have the technology to know that it's a mutation right now, I do like how the panels at the bottom slowly get fuzzy, and then they come into, like, clarity. Like it kind of shows Logan's, like, healing, like, I'm, I'm in and out. And
1: but Essex's theory is that there is something in Wolverine's mind that is not healed, and that's why he's not, not being a human. I just noticed that, what do you call the little doctor head thing? The little thing, I when I was a kid, I always thought it was a, a saw. A buzzsaw, and the doctors always cut people open.
0: Oh.
1: Anyway, you can see Wolverine's reflection in it on Essex's forehead.
0: And if you blow it up on the iPad, it looks like it's Wolverine's mouth where it shines. Oh! looks like he's going,
1: oh. He's shining light out of his mouth.
0: Mr. Bill, oh no. (laughs) All right, that was my Mr. Bill moment. All right. So anyway, Essex keeps monologuing about how... um,
1: His marauders.
0: Yeah. So... I really didn't understand this panel. I'm guessing some men had some issues. So he gives them something. He finds people
1: that want to forget their life. And he basically gives them this.
0: So they want to die.
1: Formula or poison or whatever it is. Yeah. And he basically erases them and turns them basically into a pet zombie. Okay. Uh, And that's his uberment, she says. And we met these guys in the first issue. Right.
0: Right. He explained to them as not the most... Intelligent people.
1: Right. So basically, he's finding people that would rather die and turns them into mindless soldiers. And then he says he's going to adapt it to Logan. So, because Logan would make an even better automated soldier. He says, uh, a perfect soldier for a perfect war. A man to end all men in a war to end all wars.
0: And then he just leaves Logan strapped to the table.
1: Yep. He says he's going to complete. Complete him.
0: And so everybody Night falls. Yeah. Everybody's gone. So Logan decides he's going to try and bust out. But he can't. He can't.
1: And I think he actually chokes himself on his neck strap trying to get out.
0: And then here you comes. You know what?
1: Another possible theory. Look at Creed's eyes as they're getting into the lab.
0: He's very wide eyed. He
1: is very wide eyed. And he's not normally. Like he doesn't scare easy.
0: Oh, I'm. I told you I think he escaped from Essex. Well,
1: yeah. I'm just saying we're, we're, we're looking finding for little proofs. Clues.
0: Well, Clara even looks like she's scared.
1: Well, yeah, but it makes sense that Clara wouldn't be scared. They're breaking into a fancy lab to try to save Logan and he's all bloody.
0: Now I do like this where, you know, Clara and, and uh, Creed sneak in. I guess
1: they've been spying for a while.
0: Yeah. And so Creed says something. She says, shh. The savage may hear. And he goes, of course the savage can hear. He's right there. And she's like, Essex is the savage idiot. And so I like how Clara calls at like immediately. Clara doesn't give Essex the respect by calling him his name. He's immediately an idiot uh, or uh, a savage. Right.
1: uh, Crean makes a comment about the potions. That's how we know they've been outside a while. And they must have witnessed that whole thing. Right. And then they,
0: they take note that Wolverine heals better than Creed. Yeah. And so Wolverine lets out a run. And Claire says... That's a very cool panel. Yeah. And she says, you don't mean that. And then he says, help. Notice that
1: she touches his hand. I'm wondering if there's a physical contact thing with her. Because also, when she said please to Creed... When he changed his mind is when she touched him.
0: Oh. So I'm
1: wondering if there's something about her physical touch with the animal nature.
0: Well, and she touched Logan's hand. She reached Earlier. into the cage. Yeah.
1: And then he became caring mm-hmm. after she touched him. Yeah. So that's very interesting. And then she smiles when he asks for help. I thought that was kind of curious.
0: Yeah. And then you see all three of them running off into the snow. Yeah,
1: and they went kind of funny, but it's still an awesome panel. Just because of the nature. (laughs) The sky and stuff looks really good.
0: Well, and there's weird, like, oh, is this the shadow of the building?
1: Yes, that's the window frames.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, who went skiing in a uh, checkerboard (laughs) pattern? (laughs) Right. But I do like how you have stars, but then where the moon is sort of eclipsed, there's no stars right there. To help that
1: yeah you can kind of see the the fullness and the the rest of the shape even though it's covered up
0: yeah what you do you go. call that a, a ellipses
1: no ellipses is a dot 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 but it's not a new a new moon is almost full or almost blank and this is this is like the fingernail sliver of a moon
0: I think a new moon is almost almost blank. invisible right yeah
1: anyway that's enough astronomy lessons or astrology which one's which which one's the science and which one's the mumbo-jumbo?
0: Astrology is the mumbo-jumbo. That's okay. your horoscope and your... All right.
1: And then astronomy is the, the science. Yes. Okay. Anyway, it's enough of, that's enough of either lesson. <laughs> All right, so what do you think of this one? Besides the art being awesome. And the colors, by the way, by Frank Martin.
0: Yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed this book. I did too. I love the development of Clara and... I really I wouldn't
1: dare say right now. She is probably the character that intrigues me the most of the whole series so far.
0: I would tend to agree with that one in fact. Now granted, we're only what 2 issues I in. I find
1: everybody interesting, but
0: Yeah, but we're only 2 issues in and I really want to know more about three. her. 3 So we're 3 issues in and I just I want to know more about her. I want right. to know where would she come from? Like is she Hugo's daughter? did Hugo find her? Is yeah. she...
1: I also have a feeling, though, after this book is over, this is, you know, Wolverine's origin book, too. Uh, there's some stuff in here I'm going to kind of want some answers, maybe a, a separate follow-up origin series on, on Sabretooth.
0: Oh, that would be a good call.
1: Yeah. Or at least just pointed out in this one, either either or.
0: <laughs> I know not, not every great character that is is bred life into through comics, always get their own comic. But I love Clara. I kind of wish she would get her own comic. Like,
1: I just, I'm just interested to see what happens in this series to her, what her fate will be when this is over.
0: I have a feeling.
1: I still would love if the cards are played right to see her show up in modern day.
0: I just, I I have a feeling just because we know the past right. between Wolverine yeah. and Sabretooth. That her days her, her are not. Death might be faded. Yeah. Yeah. And but but
1: if not, I would like to see her. Again. Yeah.
0: I would too. I just in the back of my head it's like, you know what? Any female that comes between those two doesn't really
1: Yeah. And and Crean's already shown jealousy.
0: Yes. So and Wolverine's already shown tenderness. Yes. So Claire, so you're the, a dead duck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep Probably Sorry. so Alright so um When are you going to grade Origin 2 number 3
0: I'm going to give it 6 out of 6 Yep
1: double snicked over here 6 out of 6 clause
0: It's a good I book I
1: enjoyed it really enjoyed the series And all aspects of it
0: I am too I And it's funny because I am slowly Ever so slowly Reading the other Origins <laughs> Yes It is really slow but
1: the book's not slow. The
0: book's not slow. Sorry. It's me getting to them, which is slow. <laughs> right. Of course, if someone wouldn't come home with like, you know, 20 comic books a week to read. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on. Okay. Okay. So next up, we're going to try kind of it's um, not really a new segment as much as a new subgroup on the podcast. Subgroup. Anyway, this is X Marks the Spot. it's going to kind of be um, the affiliated X-Men titles that Wolverine's in every month or every episode. Okay. So so this episode, we have Amazing X-Men number four and Marvel Knights X-Men number four. All right. So first up, we have Amazing X-Men number four. I'm sorry. First up in our new segment, X marks the spot.
0: Do I need to pull out the uh, noisemakers? (laughs)
1: That's completely up to you. But
0: first up we have uh, amazing X-Men number 4. And the writer on this one is Jason Aaron, penciler Ed McGuinness, inker Dexter Vines, colors Marte Garcia. Gracia. Gracia. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Letterer VCs Joe Caramagna. 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 Oh yeah, like lasagna. Exactly. And cover, per
1: officially per his tweeter. That's right. Or and Twitter.
0: Cover is by <laughs> McGinnis, Vines, and Gracia. That's true. So well, let's he, talk about this cover. It's awfully blue.
1: <laughs> it's bluish, whitish. Yeah.
0: This is. Uh,
1: I like this cover
0: a lot. This is Gracia's blue period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So it is. So basically, we have a frozen snowscape. And we have in the foreground a hunched-over wolverine, and he's he's literally freezing.
0: Oh, I thought um. he was taking a dump. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if he, if he is, it's a frozen dump. <laughs> he's got, his claws are like frozen out, and his fists are frozen into fists. And he's got little icicles hanging off different parts of his body. And you can see his breath, and he almost looks like he's frozen in place. Then in the background, you have North Star kind of trying to trudge through the snow. And he's all, He's got his arms crossed. He's obviously shuddering. And he has a trail of breath, too. Uh, Otherwise,
0: they'd be dead.
1: Yes. But I like this cover
0: quite a bit. I, I think li- it's pretty awesome. I like that it's very monochromatic. It's a fun visual break from all those comics that are very color-heavy. This is
1: The Quest for Nightcrawler, Part 4 or 5.
0: So in Quest for Nightcrawler... Wolverine and North Star have fallen out of heaven and into an icy abyss, and North Star has pretty much flown in every direction.
1: Are you an angel? Because you just fell from heaven. You know how that goes?
0: Oh, the worst pickup line I ever had was, <laughs> do you have a quarter? So,
1: how do you eat your Reese's Peanut Butter Cups?
0: No. Do you have a quarter?
1: Yes, yeah, thank you. I'm going to finish my drink now. I have all my quarters.
0: Good, because I need a quarter to call my mom and tell her that the woman of my dreams is standing in front of me.
1: No one ever actually used that on you, did they? Mm hmm (laughs) No. I hope you didn't go out with them.
0: My second favorite... I mean, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) My second favorite was I was at a stoplight, and the car next to me pulled up, was honking their horn, asked me to roll down the window. I rolled it down just enough that I could hear what they were saying. The guy next to me goes, do you love as good as you look? <laughs>
1: it's pretty strong. Coming on strong. Like I think green my, and I was pretty uh, direct with you, pretty straightforward. I think my pickup line was Hi, I'm Jason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty direct. Would you like to go out? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I do think it was
1: interesting. He talks about how uh, Jason Aaron talks about in the, I guess it's a stone night, night crawler describing I the events. I have no idea. It's a uh, blue box with a red outline. Anyway, it talks about how the worst part about all this was having tasted heaven and falling from it. If that'll be that's worse than the freezing cold of Hoth land, wherever they are.
0: Yeah, and North Star has
1: Wolverine just needs to use his claws, cut North Star open and crawl inside like a tauntaun.
0: <laughs> I don't think North is big enough. <laughs>
1: Probably not.
0: Wolverine might be able to get a foot in there. <laughs> It was a new meaning to foot up my ass. Right. <laughs> anyway, North Star has uh, flown around in all different directions trying to find an out.
1: And there's no end in the snow.
0: There is no end in the snow. So Wolverine comes to this wonderful conclusion. They will walk until they find Kurt. If we walk it, he will come. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then they disappear off into the distance.
0: Yeah. And meanwhile, back in hell. Back in hell. Firestar is trying to hold off the demons.
1: With her perky breast.
0: Oh, my goodness. I even had, meanwhile, back at Firestar's boobs. I mean,
1: hell. They get better the next page. No,
0: they get bigger.
1: Yeah, they do. They grow when she flames up, I guess.
0: (laughs) It's that time of the month. (laughs) Yeah. Her
1: power is really, is really, is a really bad period. (laughs)
0: Yeah. She's just PMSing all the time.
1: It fuels the fire.
0: Yeah. What is up with her breasts?
1: They they got bigger this issue. That's all there is to it. They
0: got deformed is what they... Okay. Well, yeah,
1: this panel is kind of awkward.
0: Guys, if you really think a girl's boobs look like that, I'm so sorry. So, so very sorry. (laughs) That's not what they look like. I don't
1: want them to look like this one.
0: Maybe in your inflate-up dolls. Yes. Right. Anyway. One's kind
1: of cockeyed and...
0: Anyway, moving on. So Firestar kind of has this moment of, of, you know what, I can't hold everyone off. And is melting. Is there a
1: skyline in the background of yes, hell? Yes, there is. In downtown LA?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: I thought last issue it was all like caverns and.
0: Well, apparently. These are LA modern fell. skyscrapers
1: and warehouses. Well, it is a city of the devil, right?
0: Yeah. So Firestar has this moment where she, she realizes. Bobby's melting. Right. And she wonders if she should just take him out. If that would be... Put him out of his misery. Yeah, if that would be easier. And then she decides, no, Bobby froze hell for me. So guess what? I'm going to light hell on fire.
1: Light him up, 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 up. up, up, up.
0: That was in my notes. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a, it's a pre-game warm-up at the NBA game.
0: Yeah. So Firestar uh,
1: flames on...
0: And she now looks ten years younger.
1: I don't I'm just not I don't really like her costume.
0: It's her boobs. Well nice
1: but her costume too. The little it reminds me of there's an old guy that fought when he was a Galactus guy and then he, he fought the Phoenix in the old Uncanny X Men. If you can go back to some of the flashback episodes you can hear about him. Okay. His name was Star Lord and he kinda had these like faded flames. Uh-huh. Like the color fading from red to yellow. It looks like a He-Man design. Right. I just don't care for it that much.
0: I don't mind her costume. I just.
1: I kind of like her mask. It's kind of cheesy. Like kind of the uh, a fire version of the, what's it, what do they call that? The Diablo mask? and The yeah. domino mask. That's what it's called. Yeah. The domino mask. It's kind of the fire version of that. That part is kind of cool, but.
0: Yeah. I just. I, I don't do mind her costume. I Her boobs bug me.
1: I don't weird this issue. I
0: won't lie. Also, meanwhile, Nightcrawler offers Beast a mint, and Beast gets mad. <laughs> Just kidding. So Beast still
1: has a sword in his back, and he's pretty pissy.
0: Yeah, and so he starts to strangle Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler asks him to remember something, anything. So Beast remembers fondly of a game of obstacle chess, which I'm sorry, this reminded me of Wizard's Chess from Harry Potter. Um, and then Beast is brought back to his sanity ways, and Oro removes the blade from Beast's back, and all three of them. After you know, Beast tries to strangle Nightcrawler, but in a loving hug.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they That's realize
0: you. they're the only ones on the ship.
1: Don't I know. like the part though in the flashback before the game, um, the chess game. The Beast and Nightcrawler decided they weren't going to go out with the rest of the X Men. I guess because they didn't want people to go, oh look, blue fur. <laughs> um, so they they decide to stay home and. And Storm says, are you sure Wolverine even promised not to start another bar fight? And Wolverine's like, we'll see. <laughs> no, that was pretty funny.
0: That was pretty funny.
1: I do like McGuinness uh, draws Nightcrawler smiling a lot. I like that.
0: Well, and you know, I would expect Nightcrawler to smile a lot. Yeah, it fits I mean, his personality. Yeah, he's a very happy-go-lucky kind of a man. Right. So then we go back to hell where Bobby thinks he's dead, and his version of hell is having to pee all the time, <laughs> right. or feel like he has to pee all the time. So Firestar tells him that he's not in hell, that she set hell on fire because she lit it up, up, up. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Can I just say it again, I love Ed McGinnis's bamps
0: Yeah. Well, Firestar. I, I tells, want a stuffed animal. Do you really? Yeah. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Firestar tells Bobby that the Banffs bamfed them somewhere, but she's not exactly sure where they are. Then Nightcrawler shows up and gives an overly grossed out what the hell, how the Banffs are actually his little brother's description.
1: Yeah, so basically is Azel...
0: No, it's Mother Maggot plus Changeling in the form of, the fa- of a face eating something or other. Lamb Right. Equals baby maggots who drink Azel's blood. Equals... Is it Yeah. <laughs> Nightcrawler's so brother. than they
1: hatch out of the cocoons and turn into red vamps.
0: No, they... Ha- oh, you mean after they drink Azazel's blood? Yeah, after yeah. they
1: drink Azazel's blood, they turn into red vamps. Azazel sticks them on everybody. And Nightcrawler found one, which I'm assuming this goes back to issue one. Yes. So we're kind of getting a timetable that really... And of course, the theologian wants to, to say it doesn't really matter because heaven and hell have no
0: time right
1: right like
0: yes anyway. but red bans and blue bamps came through the portal if you yes. remember but
1: anyway so so what well i guess what, what i was getting to before i got on on the time thing is that so basically the heaven scene in the beginning of issue number one really happened all the way back before wolverine and the x-men where the bamps came in so like Yes. That timeline is way jacked up. So, anyway, Nightcrawler found a red bamf and somehow turned it blue.
0: He just it basically says, him. That's
1: a story for another time.
0: Yeah. All he says is, because Firestar goes, You're dead. You don't have blood. So, what'd you do? And he goes, I just promised him something. And, and we don't know it. what
1: that promise is. No. But we know it's probably bad because his face gets covered in shadow when he says it.
0: Ooh. Ominous. And there's a bunch of blue vamps, which means. He promised more than one band.
1: Oh yeah, no, he he made he made quite the promise. I'm actually pretty curious what that will be.
0: I'm uh, I'm, I'm curious if he said if you help me, I'll stay here with you.
1: Then he'll break it.
0: <laughs>
1: Spoiler alert: X Men Legacy number one comes out in a couple of weeks or months. I don't remember. Uh, Nightcrawler's not staying here.
0: <laughs> gotcha.
1: So then we go back to the snow. We go oh, back no, we to go, Hoth.
0: So we go back to the cold, where Wolverine tells North Star. And this is just, this whole conversation was very um, scripted.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, a guy wrote it.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I could see it coming from a mile away. Because... North Star says, Wolverine, don't fall. You can't fall. You have to keep oh, going. Right. And, then and then he walks Wolverine off. goes, I won't fall. And North Star says, OK, I'm going to go look around. And then Wolverine falls. Yeah. And
1: then he says, we get a flashback of Wolverine talking about
0: how he's going to die. Right. He says,
1: belly full of whiskey, face full of arrows, surrounded by piles of ninjas, me alone on a blood-drenched floor.
0: That's how I die. Surrounded by dead ninjas.
1: That's your nightcrawler
0: voice? Surrounded by dead ninjas. <laughs> Not by friends. By a loving wife. Perhaps children.
1: Me with kids? I don't think that'd be
0: such a good idea, elf. Trust me, it's better if I die alone. And trust me, mince. Mein Freund. Mein Freund. When the moment comes. dot, 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 dot. <laughs> And elf does say dot, dot, dot.
1: Yeah, he says it out loud. Yeah. Ellipsis. <laughs> when the moment comes, ellipsis.
0: And Wolverine looks no up. No one
1: wants to die alone.
0: No one wants to die alone. And Wolverine looks up in the snow, and there's a fluffy little baff staring back at him.
1: Well, he says, you were right, elf. Damn your blue hide.
0: Okay, so I get they're in the snow, but I also think it's interesting that, you know, elf is blue, and all the scenes that they're in the ice and snow are all blue. Mm-hmm. They're all in monochromatic yeah, blue. Yeah, but if we were in a blizzard, you'd still be able to see Wolverine's yellow costume. It wouldn't be blue. And
1: it's frozen, man. No. <laughs> oh, I thought Wolverine's claws were frozen out. Yeah, he pulls them back in, though. That's kind of a bum, bum deal.
0: Well, they were kind of frozen. They That would have really
1: hurt there's, going back in his hand.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of... I saw a lot of flaws in this book. So he sees the little Banff, and he goes, Elf? And Nightcrawler is there to tell him that they they have a uh, after they have a long embracing hug.
1: Ah, uh, you make fun of it. This is one of my favorite panels in a long time. It's a full page panel and it's basically Nightcrawler picking up Wolverine out of the snow and saying And rescuing him.
0: Forget you, North Star <laughs> North Star is flying around. And freezing his butt off. No,
1: Firestar has him in a heat bubble.
0: Oh, I thought that was Bobby.
1: <laughs> no. Anyway, just this to me represent is a great representation of Nightcrawler kind of pulling Wolverine up, sim- symbolizing the way that he lifts Wolverine's spirits with their friendship and pulls him up.
2: Aww. Uh,
1: hey, Nightcrawler and Wolverine, one of my favorite bromances ever. <laughs> so, so yeah, this panel, it I liked it a lot, and it looks cool.
0: It does. I. It's just. <laughs> Okay, so I'm I'm waiting for a headline to come up and a bottle of perfume to be down here in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace. Embrace. By Wolverine and Nightcrawler. Right. Nightcrawler bamps them back to the ship. Well,
1: first he says, because he, he promises Wolverine some whiskey. Wolverine's like, you got is whiskey. there really whiskey?
0: No, he lied.
1: <laughs> no, I just wanted to give you a reason to live, he said.
0: <laughs> Getting out of this icy piece so of. Nightcrawler
1: kind of keeps dodging the issue that he's still dead.
0: Yeah. But he is dead. He didn't. Yeah, I mean, no, he, he is fell out at of At this heaven. point in
1: time, yeah. So then we get Pirate X Men. Now. They're going to go attack his exil no. ship.
0: No, we don't get Pirate X Men. No, we yeah. do We get, what's her name? Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island as Firestar.
1: She does kind of look like Mary Ann.
0: Yes. We get Wolverine, who looks constipated, and Beast, who looks scared.
1: nobody has got a pirate bandana on.
0: Yeah. So, I have a flaw with Firestar. Storm has a headband. Yeah. I have a flaw with Firestar. Okay. She has a red belt now.
1: Yeah, it's part of her pirate get-up.
0: She didn't have a red belt originally. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and Beast didn't have a bandana. Storm didn't have a headband.
0: Firestar also now has extensions. She
1: always had long hair.
0: No, she didn't have that long of hair. Her no, hair is did. no, she didn't. Past her shoulders. Yes, and when you braid it, it doesn't go down. That's her arm. Okay. That's her shoulder. <laughs> Where's the that shows right. you the next cover? Okay, in this her well, ponytail. We're not tail. talking about the
1: next cover. We're talking about this comic.
0: Okay. Well, I'm making an assumption that her hair is like whipping out <laughs> okay. somewhere halfway down her back. You know
1: what assumed does?
0: Yeah. Makes an ass out of you. Where'd she get the belt?
1: The same place And her costume was
0: not that ripped up. She ripped it up to look like a pirate. Insert eye roll.
1: (laughs) Anyway, Nightcrawler gets his his pirate hat and his telescope.
0: And she's awfully smiley for about to, like, go into war.
1: Yep. (laughs) Right. So I thought the art of this book was fantastic.
0: Uh
1: Uh-huh. I love Emmett Guinness, so no surprise there. Uh, The colors are really good. Uh, Creative team very well. Um, The story is moving along. I'm still kind of on the whole pirate thing. But the rest, all the other aspects I like.
0: I don't like Firestar's boobs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I don't really either. But it's comic books. I'm not going to get stuck on boobs.
0: Okay, this one became real oval and this one became real I know,
1: I said they were mismatched and cockeyed.
0: I said that. All right, so thoughts. Thoughts. Um. I thought all parts were interesting. Um, Yeah,
1: I really want to know about the vamps.
0: Yeah, I think that's the only part that intrigues me. Fair enough. Everything was kind of ho-hum.
1: Can you repeat that without yawning, please, so I can have a clean edit?
0: (laughs) I think everything was kind of ho-hum.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I thought it was pretty good. I thought it fit everybody's personality pretty well. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens next in part five of five.
0: I don't. So, I guess the whole pirate thing's just getting kind of old.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of silly. I but mean, it's kind of silly in a comic book way. So I'm, I can tolerate it.
0: I just, I don't know. I could have done without everyone like dressing in their pirate. That part is
1: so yeah. I mean, hey, we're in a pirate ship. Let's be pirates. Are, are they talking
0: pirate talk next issue? <laughs> I'm done.
1: Uh, yeah, I won't be cool with that.
0: I don't know. Night crawling wearing and the Wolverine's
1: like, like argh, I'm the best at what me do. And what we knew ain't very pretty, shall or swab the deck.
0: Well, the fact that Wolverine says, you tell us, Captain, just tells me that we're in for some pirate speak.
1: Probably. I
0: dare say, I was born for this. Raise the flag, X-Men. Let it go be amazing.
1: (laughs) Oh, get it? Amazing X-Men?
0: Mm-hmm. All
1: right, so anyway, when are you going to grade Amazing X-Men number four?
0: He's, it's only going to get four out of six.
1: Crack me up.
0: Why? Because I bash it and then I give it a decent rating? Well, because
1: we don't sound like we're anywhere in the same ballpark. <laughs> but I'm going to give Amazing X-Men number four four out of six squaws. <laughs> so somehow we arrived at the same score.
0: Oh, I... I try to break the score up in half, like oh, I know. half for art, half for yeah. Other. The
1: art definitely raised, raised the value of the book to me. Oh, and yeah. I enjoyed the art a lot. But I liked the story enough, too. All right. So we both give Amazing X-Men number four, four out of six claws. Let's move on to Marvel Knights X-Men number four. This is Scooby-Scooby-Doo. Haunted part four of five. Uh, story and art by Brom Revel. Colors by Christian Peter, or Peter, I don't know. Letters and Production by VCs Josephino And then Revel and Peter Peter did the cover. And we're still going with our theme. We have the logo in the bottom two-thirds in black and gold. And the top third is art. This time, kind of crappy art. <laughs> don't, don't really like this cover at all.
0: Um, no, I kind of feel like, and even the whole book, I just sort of feel like somebody said, hey, let's sketch everything out on a napkin and then scan it in.
1: (laughs) Indie comics. There you go. (laughs) All right. So remember, the X-Men are investigating a murder in the deep south of mutants. They find out there's this cult who's trying to turn mutants into drugs because one guy had the right power, but none of the other mutants do. So they're just killing them for no reason. The X Men are trying to save them. They don't really want to be saved that much. And there you go. All right. So, Han in part four or five. The cult is riding into town. They're shooting everybody up. Kill um, all the humans. Road. Yeah. Okay. So, basically, we find out that when the first mutant that had the psychotropic powers died, he basically said that their time was coming. I, mean, I thought that was just a veiled threat. Like, I'm going to get you back. Right. But this guy took it as a prophecy that the humans were ending. So he wants to turn everybody into mutants and kill all the humans. So that's what his thing is. And he gives all his guys masks to make them look mutated.
0: And they like all a tiger have mask a and third a Joker eye. Mask.
1: Yeah, that's their symbol. The third eyes are symbol.
0: Yeah. I'm assuming. Somebody had fun with the Sharpie. So
1: Rogue and Wolverine fight for not much good reason. I thought it was kind of cool because the whole thing is all these memories. This Darla girl, her powers bring memories to life. And Wolverine brings back a memory of Young Carol Danvers before Rogue stole all her powers and personality,
0: yeah, I didn't know any of this so right. it so was rogue's over my backstory
1: head. in the late eighties and all the nineties she basically attacked miss Marvel well, actually we're actually coming up on that in the flashback episodes oh okay anyway, and she she actually kind of had Miss Marvel like in her for a long time, and Miss Marvel went into a coma from which she eventually recovered but So, all like in the cartoon stuff, when Rogue can fly and is really strong and all that stuff, that's all Miss Marvel's powers that she was able to keep permanently. All the other powers, you know, kind of fade away. But since she kind of absorbed all of Miss Marvel, well, she had the powers. Anyway, that's kind of like what she looks on as like her worst mistake. Gotcha. Because she kind of like basically killed Miss Marvel. And so Wolverine kind of brings back a young one to fight her. And then Rome returns the favor with all of Wolverine's bad guys, Sabertooth, Silver Samurai.
0: I love how they themselves don't fight each other. They're like, I'm going to come up with the worst memory ever.
1: Right, to fight you. So then Kitty and Crystal are running around doing some stuff. There's some more fighting, a lot more fighting. Uh, Darla decides she's going to get drunk at the saloon. She has a memory of her dog. Some of the bad guys come in and they're going to kill her because she's just a human because she doesn't have a costume. That's why she's not a mutant. Oh. That's their definition of mutant is someone that wears a costume. Yes. But she's like, no, I am a mutant. But then she decides, you know what? People aren't the only ones with memories. Places have memories too. And she thought that was kind of cool.
0: It was. And she brings back all the group from YMCA.
1: Yeah. The village people from behind the bar. We have uh, Davy Crockett, a Civil War soldier. An Indian. An Indian brave. And a it coal, looks like coal, mine coal miner. A coal miner, yeah. So, all different people that have drunk at this bar in the olden days. And so they fight the humans.
0: And she decides to take another drink.
1: So, Crystal decides her uncle is the old sheriff. No, he wasn't the sheriff. Or was he?
0: No, he was. Basically, the but sheriff was he, crooked. No, wasn't he
1: purple and blue and ghosty before he got killed?
0: Yes, because they were on their way to fi- to get Darla. And Darla is making memories real.
1: Oh, so he, there was a real one and a memory one? Yes. Oh, okay, whatever. All right, so Wolverine fights all his ghosts, all his demons. Uh, Sabretooth looks like uh, Mr. Magoo. Oh, my gosh. And Wolverine decides he fights a bear, but inside the bear is himself.
0: Um... Okay.
1: Uh, so basically, we get the we get the backstory that I already gave you. On the first mutant had the powers, and they tried to make drugs from other mutants, but it failed.
0: Well, and and I think it's also important that her uncle, when he found out, so she basically tells people what to think. Yeah. And they think it. And when her uncle found out that what power she had, now once you find out her power, it doesn't work on you anymore. Right. And so he took her to I guess his little like drug dealing folks that he was working with and made her use her powers, but then also made her use her powers for people to commit suicide so he could work his way up through the ranks.
1: Right. But then he eventually didn't need her power because he was manipulating both sides anyway. He was in control. He was playing both sides. Rogue has both her memories and Miss Marvel's memories brought to life. thought that was interesting. Yeah. And Darla rides a tiger.
0: Darla is playing He-Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He has a battle cat. Yep. And Darla decides the leader of the cult is crazy. Uh, Wolverine's still fighting himself. And Rogue kisses him to calm him down. And she's attacked by a bunch of grizzly bears for some reason.
0: I think she's taking on his memories. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's kind of it, I guess. <laughs> well, you also find out that the crazy cooks people think that Darla is like their prophet or their saint or I don't know what you'd call her. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. And they're following her. They're now gonna like protect her.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. So Darla's thing is, I guess she just takes things really personally, even though Wolverine never actually touched her. No. But or because, said he didn't like her. But because he was, and she has to, she knows Crystal's powers. Right. So she has to know that Wolverine was under her control. Doesn't matter. Anyway, she decides that all the X Men are free to go, except for Wolverine. She's gonna kill Wolverine. Brilliant. Which, by the way, you can't do because this is before he lost the seaweed factor.
0: Well, she's also drunk and riding a giant tiger. That's true. And so. she has a guy protecting her who drew a third eye on his forehead.
1: Anyway, I feel like this art kind of gets a little bit worse every issue. A little? Yeah.
0: Can we insert a different word than a little?
1: I'm trying to be nice. Okay. I'm respecting the hard work that goes into these books.
0: You mean all the napkins? <laughs>
1: Okay, Denise, not a fan of the art at all. No,
0: that and these people monologued entirely too much.
1: Yeah, I I thought the story actually took a little bit of a turn back, kind of upwards. I like Darla taking charge. I think her reason for wanting to kill Wolverine is dumb. I like the, I like her powers first of all. I think Crystal's stupid. I don't really like her as a character. I think Darla is interesting, and I think her powers are really cool. And it's not just another mutant that can play mind games or make people feel like they're reliving a nightmare, but she actually brings the memories into physical, tangible life. I think there's just there's a lot of potential for good stories there. Not sure if this is maybe the best use of it? No. In this story, but I, I think this guy, I'm assuming he created the character. I think he created a really good character.
0: I think he did create a good character.
1: Someone else can maybe take and run later.
0: Yeah. Someone else needs to draw it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, anything else you want to say about this? No. All right. Marvel Knights X-Men number four. I'm going to give it three out of six claws. What are you going to give it? Two. Two out of six for Denise. Okay. So next up we have Where's Logan. And for this episode, he has uh, three one-page cameos in Avengers World number three, Deadpool 24, and A plus X number 17. So Avengers World number three. Jonathan Hickman and Nick Spencer are the writers. Stefano Caselli is the artist. Frank Martin with Antonio Fabella and Edgar Delgado do the colors. VC's Joe Caramagna is the letterer. Uh, The cover is by Rags Morales and David Curiel. And the cover's not bad. It's Shang-Chi attacking Gorgon in some Temple of the Hand. The background looks cooler than the characters do. Uh, Gorgon has really big monkey toes. And Shang-Chi just looks like Shang-Chi. It looks kind of dumb. Alright, so basically in this issue, uh, remember that Gorgon has done some hand ritual in madripoor the island of madripoor we find out and as far as i know this is a new thing to this book i don't remember it in the past could be wrong anyway uh, apparently madripoor is on the head of a giant undersea dragon and the gorgon has woken it up and it's flying away and wolverine black Widow, and falcon were sent there to uh Take care of it, and Shang-Chi was also there. And he busts in the, into the temple and fights Gorgon and gets beat. <laughs> that's basically kind of it. There's a little thing where he calls on different ancestors and their memories and uses their power or their story, but then at the end he remembers, oh yeah, but none of them won. And that's when he loses. That part was kind of interesting. But anyway, at the end, Gorgon throws them off the island. I guess, down to drown into the ocean. I kind of think this was all just kind of a, oh, hey, by the way, new Ch- Seng- Chang Shi series coming up. So it felt like a kind of a commercial. I'm not a big fan. I have a soft spot in my heart for old Kung Fu movies, but I've never really been a fan of Kung Fu comics, and this doesn't really change my mind. I will say the art was really good, but of course I'm a Caselli fan. I mean, there's, there's some cool fighting, I guess. That's about it. All right, so uh, Avengers World number three. I'll give two out of six claws. Deadpool 24, written by Brian Posehn and Gary Dugan. Art by Mike Hawthorne. Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by VCs Joe Savino. And the cover is by Mark Brooks. And the cover is a uh, little person, Agent Preston, fighting a bunch of Cupid's with dead... with. Oh. Well, some of them have angel wings and some have devil wings, but they all have Deadpool masks on. And apparently, they're bursting out of Deadpool's back. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a cool cover, I guess. All right, so basically where we are in Deadpool is... Uh, Deadpool has rooted out the bad S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and they're trying to get Agent Preston's consciousness into her lmd because she's been in deadpool's head okay so basically that's what this issue is about but when they t- start the transfer something goes wrong and apparently deadpool doesn't really subconsciously doesn't want to let her go so all these different versions of deadpool's psyche uh, basically fight deadpool and preston to try to keep preston there and there's a part and there's a memory uh from the recent good bad and the ugly arc and we see Wolverine and Captain America on some barbed wire. That's about it. Now, if Dr. Strange comes in and says, hey, you gotta let her go. We meet some black and white Deadpool that says, you'll meet me later. And then Agent Preston leaves and her LMD wakes up. She's reunited with S.H.I.E.L.D. and her family. And then we see Deadpool at a bar and he looks in the mirror. And it seems like Agent Preston is still there. Maybe. Guess we'll have to wait till next issue to find out. The art by Hawthorne was okay. Not as good as, I don't know. I guess it's about the same as it's been. It's kind of a letdown after Declan and Shelby, but it's not bad. It was pretty funny. I mean, this Deadpool had its, had its jokes and a decent story. Let's see where it goes. I'll give a Deadpool 24, three out of six claws. Okay, A plus X, 17. We have two stories. First one features Iron Man and Brew by Jeff Loveness, the writer. Paco Diaz, of Japan's most wanted fame, is the artist. Andre Mosa did the colors, and VCs Clayton Cows did the letters. Surprisingly enough, our Wolverine cameo is not in the Paco Diaz section. And that part is funny. Basically, Brew... Uh, Beast drops Brew off at Stark Industries to be, I guess, kind of an intern for a day. And at first, Iron Man resists him, but then he finds out he's really smart and knows what he's doing. So they end up having a good time. There's a lot of good humor in that one. Some good one-liners. Of course, I like Brew. Not everybody does. All right. So then our Captain America and Cyclops story is written by Gary Dugan, again, with pencils by David Yarden, inks by Cam Smith and Terry Pallet, or Palo, not sure. Andre Mosa still does the colors, V.C.'s Clayton Cowell still does the letters. And this story is picking up when we left off the, the Cyclops and Cap are trying to help Cadre K, which is some scrolls that were left on Earth, but Dr. Doom is trying to manipulate him for his own purposes. One of the skulls has telepathy, and he attacks Dr. Doom in his mind with a bunch of old-school heroes, I guess, from when he remembers them. So we have Wolverine in his 90s, right after he, he left the yellow and brown. So it was his first 90s yellow and blue costume. And then everybody else looks like uh, late 80s, early 90s, I guess. Anyway, so that's our Wolverine cameo and we actually get a snicked Wolverine and Dr. Doom attacks Dr. Doom in his mind, but it, <laughs> Dr. Doom just decapitates him and says, Adamantium may lace your bones. That doesn't mean I can't sever between your spinal vertebrae. So that's what he does. Um, I just thought that part was kind of cool, but whatever. Anyway, uh, so they defeat Dr. Doom, but then Shield comes, and they want the scrolls. And Cap says, nope, I got this." And uh, the shield guide, "Well, Cap would never say that. You must be a scroll too." So he shoots at him, hits him in the shield, and we have one story left, and I think only one issue in this book left. Both stories were okay. The first one was funny and entertaining. The second one, the story's kind of the scroll story's kind of losing steam. I'll give the whole book A plus X17, three out of six claws. Okay, so that's going to do it for Where's Logan. Not much there. I didn't lie. His cameo in A plus X was more than one page. So, sue me. (laughs) All right, let's wrap up. And I lied again, so sue me again. I didn't realize that Wolverine is also on the last page of Avengers Assemble number 24. This is written by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Warren Ellis. With art by Matteo Bifogni, colors by Ruth Redmond, and letters by V.C.'s Clayton Cowles, Jorge Molina to the cover. The cover has uh, Iron Man and Spider-Girl back-to-back in their team-up. Alright, so remember in this story arc... We have Spider-Girl and her teacher, or one of her high school teachers, got pterogen bombed and went into a cocoon. And this mad scientist lady, uh toxin, stole him, or stole the cocoons. And she's been teaming up with different Avengers one-on-one, kind of going through the pieces of the puzzle to find the cocoon. So this issue is mostly her with Iron Man. And there's some pretty cool interaction between the two of them. Of Iron Man kind of showing her the ropes of, of basically research and, and studying your bad guys and your missions. And so they find her teacher, but Iron Man can't detect him. So it turns out that his inhuman power is that he is invisible to machinery and detection. So they find out that Toxin is going around. And of course, she is a co-opt in this power. And she's going around busting up AIM groups looking for the other cocoon that was with the teacher's cocoon. So basically, we go back to Avengers Tower. Spider-Girl kind of feels like the Avengers have been patronizing her. But Captain America's like, oh, no, no, we've been watching you. You've been doing good work. And now we're going to get all the Avengers together. And that's when we see on the last page, them all gathered on the roof. And Wolverine drove up in a convertible sports car. And he's in his Logan street clothes, and he's leaning on the the car as the other Avengers fly in. We have, um, of course, Captain America and Spider-Girl are already there. We have Shang-Chi gets dropped off by a helicopter, it looks like. Black Widow and Hawkeye in a little jet. Spider-Woman flying around. Captain Marvel on a space bike. And Hyperion. And somebody's with Logan in cargo pants. Is that Bruce? Maybe Bruce Banner, I guess? I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, I thought the uh, the writing was really good in this issue. Really good conversation. I'm going to give Avengers Assemble 24. Uh, five out of six claws. It's a really good, fun story, and I'm enjoying it. So, Avengers Assemble 24, five out of six claws. And that, now you can quit suing me, because I'm telling the truth. We're done <laughs> with this segment. <laughs> That's it for Where's the Logan? So, last up, we have our Snicked Family segment. Snicked Family. we're gonna focus on x-23 and of course she is in the trial of Jean gray parts three and four of that's weird one of them says part three of five and the other one says part four of six so i don't know we'll see but it's all new x-men number 23 and guardians of the galaxy number 12 all new x-men is written by brian michael bendis with pencils by Stuart Eminen, inks by Wade Van Graviger, colors by Marte Garcia, and letters by V.C.'s Corey Pettit. Emin- <laughs> Eminen, Graviger, and Garcia did the cover. It is basically Jean young Jean in a crowd of aliens with some purple spotlights shining on her, and it looks like some dry ice. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty cool cover. Nothing amazing. All right, so basically remember that um, the Shi'ar have violated the no-one-touches-Earth policy and come and taken young Jean to pay for the crimes of old Jean in the past when she was Dark Phoenix and she killed a solar system. Got it? Good. Okay, so we start this issue with young Scott dreaming of Jean, uh, telling her that he loves her, and then he wakes up, And he's in a room full of everybody. Uh, Young X-Men, the new X-Men, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're all lounging around, talking very Bendis-y. And so basically, really, we see X-23 kind of sitting on a bench (laughs) or a crate of some sort. I think that's about most of what she does in this issue. All right, so then we... see Jean a Gladiator uh, kind of tells her what's going on of course she's not happy about it then the uh, the Shi'ar ships attack the Guardian ship uh, there's a part there's some good stuff between uh, young Iceman and, and young Beast he says uh oh, I just like talking to the talking raccoon it makes me feel like a Disney princess <laughs> actually Rocket Raccoon is probably one of the best characters in these two issues is uh attitude and snark is pretty pretty fun anyway they're attacked by the shiar and they're going to send angela and groot out to fight but oh then we get an interlude with young Jean talking to oracle you might remember her from the dark phoenix saga she's a shiar uh telepath and she says you know your future right and she goes, and gene tells her that she got all of Beast memories of her future. Like in one burst. But she doesn't really comprehend them. Uh, Oracle tells her. You murdered a planet. And she has a little tear. But then she gets defiant. And says no I haven't. Which I thought was a very interesting way to phrase it. Anyway she understands. And gets pretty pissed. So the Guardians are, are fighting. Angela, Drax, and Groot are outside. Gamora is about to go outside. And X-23 says. I want to fight. And Gamora says, ooh, you I like, but you gotta stay here. And then the Star Jammers show up. Alright, um, I'll give All New X-Men number 23. Uh, it's pretty fast-paced. I like what's going on. The art's really good. Of course, the colors are great. We'll go five out of six claws. Guardians of the Galaxy 12, uh, Scott, again, wakes up. He has a, a dream about when his parents kicked him and Alex out of the plane when it was attacked by the spaceship over Alaska. And there was only one parachute, and Mrs. Summers puts sc- young Scott and Alex in the parachute and threw them out of the plane so they could survive. And Scott, again, starts off a comic waking up, laying on a bench, surrounded by a, a lot of people. This time, it's the all-new X-Men, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Starjammers. And we get a re-reunion re, of Scott, Cyclops with his dad. Corsair even points out this is odd. I've done this before with older you and now I'm doing it with you. This time traveling stuff's weird huh? Uh, There is a funny thing where uh, they hug and Rockin' Raccoon's like what are they doing? Ew. (laughs) And uh, Peter Quill says some fathers hug and care about their kids. Not ours but you know some. And right on cue we go to Spartax. When King Jason is talking to his, uh, I guess, royal advisor, he tells him, by the way, the Shi'ar violated our no-earth policy and they stole Jean Grey. The mutants don't seem to know yet, but I guarantee uh, this is going to cause a uh, incident. King Jason was like, well, I was going to let the Shi'ar have their little pompous circumstance with this trial of Jean Grey, with the uh, finger quotes. But then the uh, advisor tells him, oh, but your son uh, rescued him. The X-Men. He's like, damn it. (laughs) Well, now I can't leave this alone. I got to go get my son. So then we go to the Shi'ar homeworld, And there's a lot of political maneuvering and stuff. Young Scott is overwhelmed. He leaves on the ship. And uh, X-23 goes to find him. And of course, you know, he kind of rescued her and brought her into the fold as a new X-Men. And um, she goes and says, I don't usually do these, but you seem to need it. And she gives uh, young Cyclops a hug. And he cries. We see a tear roll out from under his visor. And they hug. So some more uh, potential feelings between young Scott and X-23, which would make old Scott and old Logan both incredibly furious. So I love it. <laughs> so then the trial starts with Jean Grey, and they show footage from um, the Shi'ar starship that witness Phoenix destroying the planet and then the ship and Jean is uh, very upset by this footage, and that's really enough. So, uh, uh I, didn't, I didn't do the credits for that. Sorry. It's also written by Brian Michael Bendis. The pencilers are Sarah Pacelli and Stuart Immonen. Inks are Sarah Pacelli, I'm assuming on herself, and Wade Van Graviger over Stuart Immonen. Colors by Justin Ponceur, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and covers by Pacelli and Ponceur. That cover shows young Jean and Gamora fighting some spacesuits. It's okay. Not that great. Not Pacelli's best cover. Though I like Picelli. Um So the art is pretty good. Story's pretty good. Um, I'm also going to give Guardians, Guardians... I'm having trouble saying that word tonight. Guardians of the Galaxy number 12, 5 out of 6 claws. So interested to see how this whole quote-unquote trial plays out. Anyway, that's our, uh, our X-23 books for the month. So hope you enjoyed it. Alright, so that's going to do it for episode 76.
0: 70
1: snicked <laughs> it's done now you may find yourself
0: noticing leaving. that
1: there was a Once lot of the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thinking of the uh talking Heads song you may find yourself but you may notice that we left out a little bit as long as you might think this episode is we did leave out a little bit did we there was no Wolverine and the X-Men
0: Oh, there wasn't.
1: No, so Because that's,
0: they didn't have a part
1: duh. No, there are actually duh issues this month.
0: There are duh issues.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, people are going to hate us.
0: No, they're just going to hate the word duh.
1: <laughs> and they should. Duh. Um. Duh. Oh my gosh. Can all I right.
0: say it one more time? But so de. the next
1: episode, will be all right. So what happened is we had the last two... Issues of volume one of Wolverine and the X Men that came out this month. Okay. And then issue number one of the next installment comes out next week. So our next episode will be us wrapping up the first series and kicking off the new one. It'll be kind of a Wolverine and the X Men special bonus episode. Bonus. Bonus.
0: Bonus. Duh. <laughs>
1: So anyway, that will be next. And then also coming down the line, of course, we'll have the regular books for March. And then I have a little something, a little something, something for the next flashback episode. But I'm going to keep that a surprise.
0: Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to tell me, right? You already know. Oh, I do?
1: Yes. But anyway, that'll be uh Days of Future Past, but we're going to do it. Because it's a flashback? Yeah, next flashback episode, but we're going to do it up right. So, hopefully you'll all enjoy that. I'll try to get that to you before the end of the month. We'll see how everything goes. So, anyway, um, please leave an iTunes review. Please. Um, you can visit the website for show notes and stuff. That's SnitCast. W-W-W. You don't need that. It's uh, snitcast.podbean.com. You can email questions, comments, salutations to snitcast at yahoo.com. We you can like emails. the Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter, at SnickCast. I think that's about it. So, anyway, um, so until next time, take care of yourselves. Hugs and Snicks. Bye. Bye.